but people have this thirst for knowledge and experience and wanting to do that on their own. Just telling somebody that they can do that on their own, they can figure that out. You know, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world, but you're going to acquire a new skill set and it's going to be really gratifying along the way. People really latch on to that. So the UK is unique. It's gone more into quality coffee quicker, but not in as many households. So that's just going to expand like yeah. massively because every one of those households are very close to drink coffee, but they yeah. just haven't got to the best cup yet. To some really great affordable options like the Flare Neo with the Opus grinder that for about $300, you can be making really great espresso at home, which a few years ago was, was not really possible. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of Fifth Wave. Until recently, a delicious and perfectly brewed cup of coffee was almost exclusively found in a coffee shop setting and made by a professional barista. But in the last five years, and accelerated by COVID, specialty coffee in the home has become an obsession for many coffee lovers. With the rise of local specialty roasters all over the world and informative content across social media, in particular YouTube, this has led to record-breaking sales for home coffee equipment and also a boom in specialty coffee beans for the home. Now the pandemic is over and coffee drinkers everywhere have slipped back into more normal routines, how is the home coffee market faring? Is it continuing to grow at the same pace? And what are the trends with coffee consumers? Because this topic is so vast, we'll be exploring it in two episodes. Today, we focus on the home equipment market, and the next part will focus on coffee beans in the home. So in this episode, we gain insight on the European home coffee market from Dave Govan at Sage Appliances. Following that, we capture the buzz among home coffee enthusiasts through a conversation with Andrew Poulter, the at-home coffee aficionado behind the Instagram and blog Pull and & Pour. And to kick off our exploration, we now delve into the American home coffee equipment market through the lens of John Holmquist, commercial and residential sales manager at Seattle Coffee Gear. His company operates an e-commerce platform selling coffee equipment of all shapes and sizes and produces a highly popular YouTube channel. Welcome, John. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. I wonder if you could tell us about Seattle Coffee Gear. Personally, I've been with the company for about five years. The company itself has been around for, say, 15 or 20 years at this point now. So in case you couldn't figure it out, we are based out of the Seattle area. And the company started to be really focused on not being tied to one manufacturer of coffee equipment and giving very honest feedback about coffee equipment to try and help consumers make the best decision about making coffee at home. And so a lot of that was born out of our tagline, which might be a bit cheesy, but our tagline is just make coffee you love. And so that's always been our goal is to help folks make coffee that they enjoy, not necessarily trying to tell them what we enjoy or what we think is best, but really hearing what they want to do and trying to point them in the right direction with their equipment and coffee needs. And focusing specifically on the home market? That is the biggest portion of our business for sure. 
I wonder if you could tell us about how you see the coffee equipment market changing in the US over the last you know, five to 10 years. Specialty coffee in general has grown a lot in the US in the past five, 10 years. Five years ago, when I just started in this, in this job, our customers were typically people who had gone to a great coffee shop or maybe taken a trip to Italy and had good coffee there. And then they came back stateside and realized not really much in my area that has good coffee. And so they would be calling us to try and replicate what they had had at a coffee shop. Yeah. And now we hear a lot more people who maybe they are familiar with coffee shops, but then they went to a friend's house and their friend had a nice espresso machine or a pour over station and they tried coffee from them and realized then, hey, I can do this at home. Mm-hmm. And then that person says, well, I got my equipment through Seattle Coffee Gear. You should contact Seattle Coffee Gear and talk to them. So that's been one shift that I've seen is it most of our customers, they've either been doing research online through home barista forums, or they have a friend who's really into coffee and is pushing them to get into it rather than they went to a coffee shop and had a good experience there. And now they're trying to replicate that at home. What are consumers buying more now today than they were, say, five years ago in the US? People are a lot more open to investing more in equipment and realizing that this is more of a long-term commitment, so to say. A lot of our customers are wanting to jump into something right away that is very hands-on. It doesn't have a lot of guardrails that prevent you from making some of the common mistakes. Have something that's a long-term machine right away. And so it seems like consumers are doing more of that baseline research themselves, and they now have a bit more knowledge coming in. And so they're looking for more precise temperature control through a PID. We hear people asking for a machine that has pre-infusion. So people are wanting more of these things. They might not know exactly what they do, but they've heard online through YouTube videos and forums that these things are good things to have. So they know they want to make this more of a hobby. They know they enjoy a certain type of coffee. And so they have a decent idea that having these features, which are typically associated with a more expensive machine, will help them get to the coffee that they want to drink at home. So America, you know, this is a global show. And what we know about American coffee drinking is coffee in the home has largely been traditionally filter coffee. That's correct. Are filter machines still the dominant machine that Americans are buying? I think there's still a robust home market for drip coffee. I would kind of lump Keurig and odds into that as mm-hmm. well. But we're seeing a lot of people interested in the super automatic side of things. So people will maybe have a drip filter brewer at home, and they're looking to get away from that to a more single cup, more convenient style of coffee. And they're thinking, I could get a Keurig and have plastic, or maybe I could get a super auto and use whatever holding coffee I want, have a little bit better coffee, 
and also have access to lattes and cappuccinos yeah. and Americanos and this whole other realm of coffee quality is, is going to be different than it would be with a semi-automatic machine or going to a coffee shop. But that's a decision we hear folks making a lot is they're moving from a drip brewer and filter coffee to something more single cup. And they're trying to decide, do I want something like a Keurig, an espresso or a super automatic espresso machine? Amazing. Cause, cause the other thing is, um, what we also believe about the United States of America, you know, a huge amount of your food spend and beverage spend happens out of the home. I think the stats show that, you know, over 50% of food spend happens out of the home in America. So it kind of just made me question whether really home coffee was actually going to take off and stay really high when it's a population that has such a a love of the takeout, takeaway, eating on the move, eating out of the home, et cetera. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I th- I definitely see that. And I mean, here in our household, we're, we're probably a little bit different than the normal population. I mean, we still do eat out, but we cook a lot at home. And I think that folks who have the same mindset that we do, where you're trying to have these sort of craft or specialty experiences at home, whether that's cooking a nice meal or making a nice cocktail or doing DIY projects at home. There's a certain type of person who really enjoys that sort of thing. And with people also working from home, I know for me personally, it's really nice to be able to wake up and make my own cup of coffee at home that can be as good or better then I might get it at a cafe. And that's something we see see from time to time is folks have been going to a coffee shop. Maybe the coffee shop had turnover. And now there's new baristas who don't have as much experience as, as others did in the past. And the quality isn't as good. And so that can be a driving factor for somebody wanting to take things more into their own hands and have a little bit more control over the quality. But while a lot of people are still eating out, getting coffee out, I think there's a lot of people who are very interested in learning how this all works Mm. and wanting to do it themselves and be hands-on themselves. I mean, you see all these YouTube channels with, you know, for cooking, replicating restaurant dishes at home, spending loads of time and money trying to make sourdough bread or something that is a a difficult thing, which, which coffee is, but people have this thirst for knowledge and experience and wanting to do that on their own. And just telling somebody that they can do that on their own, they can figure that out. You know, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world, but you're going to acquire a new skill set, and it's going to be really gratifying along the way. Mm. People really latch on to that. So final question here, what do you think, we're going to see in the future over the next three to five years in the home coffee market. What will people be buying more of? What questions might they be asking more about? What what might they be drinking differently? Right now, there is a big push for people to get into these machines that have flow control profiling and pressure profiling and just a lot of settings and adjustability and tinkering and In my opinion, and based on the people that we speak with, 
I don't think that kind of machine is is for everybody. And so I think that there may be not necessarily a pushback, but maybe people who were told they had to buy a machine like that and then realized, I don't always drink super lightly roasted, single origin, single lot coffees. And maybe I do like something that's more of just a straight down the road, medium roast that tastes like chocolate and caramel. Like I'm okay with that. And you can save a little bit on your equipment. You don't need the craziest equipment to pull a really good shot of a medium, medium dark roast coffee. Mm -hmm. And we find that folks who buy some of those bleeding edge machines and don't need those features oftentimes end up returning those machines and Mm. getting into things that are a little bit simpler. Mm. And so I see things leveling out in the future because on the, the influencer side, a lot of those people are coffee nerds. I'm that way myself. And I like the bleeding edge of coffee, you know, Mm. anaerobic processing some of the crazy different processing methods that are out there right now. I love the experience of that, but I don't think everybody wants that necessarily. Mm. And so I think there'll be a little bit of a pullback from those bleeding edge machines and things will will normalize a bit is kind of how I see the market moving. Excellent. John, thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thank you for having me. It was a blast chatting with you and uh, hopefully we get to do it again in the future. The U.S. home coffee market is clearly still seeing strong growth. More and more coffee lovers are on a quest to brew better coffee at home, spurred on by their friends and the online community of influencers popping up on their YouTube recommendations. While Allegra's research sees incredible demand for high-end home coffee machines in many markets all over the world, John suggests there is a growing demand for coffee equipment that produces high-quality coffee at home seamlessly and at affordable prices. Speaking of which, let's talk with Dave Gubbin, president of Sage Appliances EMEA, one of the pioneering companies in this space. Sage creates espresso machines with user-friendly features, including automatic grinding, dosing, pre-infusion, and much more. Beyond espresso machines, Sage also manufactures grinders, filter coffee brewers, various kitchen appliances, and recently launched Beans, a platform for roasted coffee. Their parent company's annual global revenues are close to $1 billion US dollars, and most recently acquired Lilit espresso machines and Baratza coffee grinders. Dave has worked at Sage for over 20 years and helped launch Sage appliances in the UK. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Jeff. How has coffee equipment changed in, the, say, the last decade or so? I think the biggest thing is coffee equipment at home is it used to be the domain of the home barista. You needed to know how to make coffee to make great coffee. Machines have developed over time to take that need out of it, but still trying to deliver that great result. So you don't have to go down the rabbit hole to get a great cup of coffee. You need to invest the right money, source the right beans, you know, look after your machines and you know, have a bit of fun with it. So I think that's the biggest change. We've opened up the market to not just the few people who are deep in it, but the many who are you know, going to great cafes all over the UK every day to be able to do that at home as well. How have home espresso machines changed 
over the years, the type of machines that people are buying today yep. compared to yeah, 10 so, years ago? So really they were mini commercial machines originally. You know, you, you had to know how to tamp and get the right volume of coffee in the filter and, you know, grind size and all that stuff that baristas you sort of do with their eyes closed. So machines now, we've got machines that will automatically tamp. They'll automatically learn to calibrate after each time you prepare a puck to, you know, if you've got too much coffee, it'll correct itself without you having to do that. We've got automated milk, so you don't have to learn that skill. We haven't learned how to automatically pour latte out. <laughs> That'd be amazing, but, you know, we'll get there, I guess, one day. Um, we are creating manual machines that are that are as simple as fully automatics. Fully automatics outside of some super full automatics that don't go to the home, you get a different taste from the bean, right? So, and it's just not there yet. We live within what's called the manual world. Yeah. But the simplicity we've added to that process really means outside of having to move the handle from the grinding section to the group head and knocking that out. The rest of it is super simple and that's not that hard. All the tricky stuff happens behind that. So it's creating a bigger market because more people can get the outcome they, they want. And COVID must have been a bit of a win for espresso machine companies. Yes. COVID was crazy. Everyone wanted coffee machines. It was tough to make them. Yeah. <laughs> it caused a lot of complexity around the rest of the business. Uh, Again, I don't think anyone drank any more coffee than what they did pre-COVID. They drank it in a different place. And that change is here forever, I think. Yeah, yeah it was a bump. But I think because the UK, compared to where we're from, Australia, we're not there yet, and which is exciting because there's so much growth to happen in home and out of home. It's super exciting is that it probably just helped us accelerate and took a year off of that yeah. growth path. And has growth slowed since COVID? The co just, COVID was a bubble. Yeah. And I think you, you need to look at it as a bubble. So I think if you look back over 2018 to now, it, it's still, everything's growing. Yeah. Um, so it's probably not the right way to look at that year in isolation. Yeah. But uh, the market, I'm guessing at all levels, roasters out of home, in home is still enjoying the start of what I certainly went through in Australia 15 years ago. And is this trend to better coffee in the home led by the capsule market or by the out of home market? Uh, I think absolutely it's led by the out of home market because, well, from our perspective, we try and design and market to the fact that you can get the out-of-home cup experience yeah. in home. And again, that's regardless now of being a barista or not, and that's the big advancement, then I don't think you, you'll never see us going, you get a better cup than a capsule. So we get the taste for it somewhere, and why not have the expectation for every cup of coffee you have? And that's what's driving the business. So, And I think we're helping both ways. We're not taking cups out of the cafe because those cups were always consumed at home and may have been instant. Now consumers are more and more having great coffee wherever they always were drinking yeah. coffee back whenever. That link to the roaster is a really critical one. You want yeah. your customers to be buying the best beans. 
you can buy a machine and make really good coffee taste bad, right? It's hard to buy a machine and make really bad coffee taste good, right? So we're in the space of we have the ability to make really good coffee taste really good. But if you put that coffee in other machines, it won't taste that great because they're not hitting the pressure and temperature marks and all that kind of stuff. And that's okay, right? Um, But that link doesn't naturally happen. You know, and that, you know, you living through Australia, you know, it's no longer used by dates on coffee in supermarkets. It's roasted on dates in supermarkets and that's still to happen. And the roasters, they haven't quite got that automatic link from when they, someone buys one of our machines, they go straight to a roaster and great, get great coffee. It's too often going down a different path. Mm. So your organization has created this concept called Beans? Beans, yeah. Tell us about that. We run this now in three countries, UK, US, and Australia. Uh, we engage with what we've chosen as the best roasters in those countries. We're like Uber, where we're connecting the roaster to the customer and creating that process in as simple a way as possible and trying to have that process start as close to a consumer buying our product as they can. So final question, how do you expect this home coffee market here in Europe is going to evolve over the next few years? So it's, in my opinion, we've only just started. The UK, weirdly enough, spend less on coffee machines per capita than most of the other countries across Europe. So the UK is unique. It's gone more into quality coffee quicker, but not in as many households. So that's just going to expand right massively because every one of those households or very close to drink coffee, but they just haven't got to the best cup yet. And they will because we've seen it happen elsewhere. Great. Dave, thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thanks, Jeff. Dave is convinced there is a growing home espresso movement in the UK and Europe, and this will continue for some time. Now let's hear what at-home coffee lovers are getting excited about by speaking to Andrew Potler. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, Andrew is a creative web designer by day, and he began documenting his personal coffee journey on Instagram and on a blog a few years ago. Today, his Pull & Pour Instagram account has amassed over 74,000 followers, most of whom are everyday coffee lovers. And this inspired him to launch the Pull & Pour Coffee Club. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you for having me. You've been in this for five years now. How is today's home coffee consumer now compared to, say, five years ago? I think COVID it really helped explode like the home coffee enthusiasts because a lot of people you know, they, they weren't able to go out to their cafe for a while. And so they ended up investing in equipment at home and wanting to kind of make a great cup of coffee at home and, and kind of dove down that rabbit hole. And do you think the enthusiasm for home coffee is still as exciting and growing at the same pace as when COVID happened? Or has it settled down to be a bit more subdued in terms of growth in the market? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the industry overall, but I would say from my personal experience, I think that there's just as many people getting into. And I think it was something that, you know, now there's a little bit more diversity. I have a lot more conversations in the last year or two than I did in 2020 about, you know, oh, I'm traveling. What what coffee shops do you recommend in different places? So I think there's different points of that versus, you know, only being able to make it at home. But I think, you know, especially coffee in general, I think is nothing but growing. I mean, you're an example of someone who's, you know, home-based, a web designer, and you found this massive love of coffee. But did the first love of coffee come from the 
the coffee shops and being obsessed with the barista world or was it something that the home coffee experience was really central to your early coffee experience? Yeah, I, I think it's an, it's more of a both and than an either or. I mean, I think that having an experience in a coffee shop is a great catalyst because, you know, especially if you hit a good coffee shop that prepares a coffee well, like both the curation of the coffee they're offering and the way they make it is going to be an experience that if you have no experience of making coffee at home, probably much better than anything you would be able to make or have made at home. So I think that that can be kind of an eye-opening experience. But I also think that there's so many great ways to make coffee at home now, everything from like automated machines that make it easy all the way to the $25, $30 brewer that allows you to make it that, you know, if you get a good bag of beans and have a basic way to make the coffee, you know, with an AeroPress or something like that, you can kind of easily start to dive down that rabbit hole at home by yourself, you know, in the internet and, and watching videos and consuming content that way and, and kind of dive in. So I think both of those ways are great ways to kind of get into it and that they kind of feed off each other again. Like I love making coffee at home, but that doesn't mean like I don't still love going to cafes here in St. Louis. And I don't, you know, whenever we're traveling, like that's always a priority to try and hit the different cafes and experience drinking a cup of coffee in the environment of a cafe is, is very different than in your home kitchen. And what would you say some of the trends that home coffee lovers are, are actually embracing more recently, whether it's different ways of making coffee or whether it's specific origins? What, what are some of the th things that you've observed from maybe the articles that you put out that, that gain the most interest? Yeah, I mean, I think in the home coffee space in the last few years, it's been incredible the, the explosion of products available you know everything from espresso equipment to brewers to make coffee to all different accessories and automated machines and everything kind of in between there's a ton of that and some of that can be bad thinking you always have to upgrade or get the new thing or that you you know you need to spend more i mean i think in a very meager amount of money you can kind of get the gear you need to be able to make incredible coffee and it's not really the gear that makes it you know prioritizing high quality coffee. So I think, um, you know, also just the exciting coffees that are out there. I mean, there's just so many cool, like new origins that are growing, the ways that they're processing the coffee with some of this experimental process. Earlier this year, I, I shared a coffee. It's called the Koji process. And essentially they spread Koji spores like fungus on the coffee cherries. And it kind of like ferments them uh, when put in the proper environment and, and creates this really kind of savory, sweet flavor profile and things like that, that are just kind of creating unique flavor profiles in coffees that are really exciting to experience. I want to make great coffee for myself at home. How do I get started? What tips are you going to give that person? The first most important thing is finding good beans. So getting good quality coffee is step one. And then as far as making it, I think it's kind of having a conversation of what your baseline is like, have you had coffee? What kind of budget do you have? Because as with any hobby, you can get very expensive fast, but it doesn't necessarily have to. So, you know, you can still make great coffee. There's some great like automated machines that are kind of well thought out. Um, but then there's also ways that if you're like, Hey, I want to explore making it myself manually. Like there's great brewers, like the, the AeroPress that's, you know, $35 and you know, you can get a grinder or you can kind of buy, get your local cafe to grind the beans if, if that's not an option. And for fairly affordable, get started that way. Or there's, you know, recently there's been some great 
innovation in like the espresso space. So if you really enjoy espresso, there's espresso machines at home that cost thousands of dollars. But there's also great, just in the last year or two, some really great affordable options like the Flare Neo with the Opus grinder that for about $300, you can be making really great espresso at home, which a few years ago was was not really possible. Do you think there's a, a big trend to American homes to having more espresso machines? Yes. I think, I mean, when you look at a lot of the product innovation, a lot of it seems to be focused around espresso. But the problem with espresso is usually the cost. Again, you know, to be able to get a grinder that can grind with the minute changes that you need to kind of really dial in an espresso or to have a machine that has the proper heating core and and power and everything that you need to kind of really deliver great espresso can be tricky and be very expensive. So that's why, you know, some of the more affordable options and with manual espresso and stuff, it, it opens up that window. But I think it, you know, it's something you kind of have to decide if you're going to a cafe and spending three or four dollars on espresso every day, then you know, justifying the cost of a few hundred or a few thousand dollars potentially like would make sense, but you really have to kind of commit to make that investment worth it. Fantastic. Andrew, thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Absolutely. Thank you. Andrew explains that high quality espresso has now become accessible to a wide range of budgets with knowledgeable yet cash strapped coffee lovers requiring just $300 to pull a gorgeous shot of espresso. He also echoes what our other guests today have told us. The specialty home coffee market is on a significant high growth trajectory, and this shows no signs of slowing. The thing that Andrew is most excited about is the abundance of delicious, unique coffees on offer. So be sure to join us in our follow-up episode as we get a deeper view into the trends in the global home coffee market. And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to The Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this show, please recommend us to a friend or colleague. If you want to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to get access to all the latest global coffee news, including the weekly coffee dose, our newsletter collecting all the big coffee news stories of the week. This episode was produced in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, James Harper of Filter Productions, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And this week's song, in collaboration with the Coffee Music Project, is Life in a Box from Kelsey Edwards. And until next time, whether you're at home or in a cafe, stay safe, stay passionate, and stay caffeinated.